podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, Aston Telephone. Hello. And this Saturday afternoon, this very uneventful Saturday afternoon, can't think of anything that could have possibly happened. It could have put sure, people so. in an absolute belter of a good mood. I just think it was so quiet um, that we just thought we'd come on and talk to people because we would nothing really else to discuss. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. Jesus, Neil. A ball, a ball just flew over my head. <laughs> I wonder where that came from. Jesus, it, it only took, what, four hours to get to Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Paddy. Paddy, I'll tell you something. I'm, uh, I went down straight afterwards at the Villa View with, with Dan and the Villa View, and I mean to say I was absolutely shaking with excitement about beating Aston Villa. Like, uh, I, I saw Dan Bard, or, um, Dan Ronson said um, that it's only the second time in his lifetime Villa have beaten Man United, and to be honest with you, it's a fucking historic win. It's a pretty historic win. And look, other teams might look at it and go, lads, look, you know, you got bailed out by a bad penalty miss and whatever. And I've gotten some of that from fans of other teams. Do you know what? As you said beforehand, if you used this phrase in the pre-match, I couldn't give a shiny shit if other fans think that we got, we got, uh, we got lucky because do you know what? We got three points. That's what we got. And we were by Absolutely. far we were a better team. We were better set up. We had more will to win. We had the better chances. And by God, am I milking this for all its work for the rest <laughs> of this weekend, Paddy. Um, yeah. Talk to me. Did you? Well, first of all, have a, a we, have to do the old, uh, we have to do the old tradition first because uh, yes. after the game, I felt it was a bit too early and I could have been in bed by this stage if I'd started <laughs> drinking. So I took the kids to McDonald's to celebrate. Excellent. And, and we went to Smith's Toys, which for anyone outside Ireland is a big toy shop. And it's Ken Black's in, in the UK, isn't oh, it? Oh, is it? Is oh, it Ken oh. Black in the UK, I think. Or if you're in Port Leash, it's Ken Black as well. Yeah. No, there you go. So that's where we went today. And here we go. It's been a while, Paddy. It's been a while since we got to hear one of those. And I think this one is going to be sweet. Absolutely. I literally, I went down and I said, Feck, I forgot to, I forget to get, get any cans or anything like that because I am, I'm going to enjoy this afternoon. I'm going to enjoy today. And all Absolutely. I had was a bottle of something in the fridge, which is very rare for me to have bottles. I'm just not a big bottle drinker. And it's of some, um, put it this way, it's supposed to be Corona, but whatever shop I bought it in anyway, <laughs> I had to change the name. So put it that way. Um, well, don't do what I did. If, if you go to Lidl, they have a big six-pack of 500 mil Pilsner, and I'm there going, ah, sure, that's grand. I'll, I'll, I'll drink a few of them. Fine bottles. And I drank four of them last night, and I nearly passed out pissed. They were that bloody <laughs> strong. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, no, I'm going to walk across the Lidl. Cheers. And do you know what? Uh, I had to do. Uh, I, I don't know. Does anyone else get this? But you know, if you watch a game early in the day, you have to do jobs then around the house afterwards to make up for it. It's kind of like penance for getting to watch for having getting to watch a match, especially one early in the day. And what I did was I decided, and I decided beforehand, and I put out the seed, and I went, 
Actually, do you know what? I think we should change where the drinks cabinet is because, you know, we, we should change our own stuff in the kitchen, you know? So that's what I got to do. And I, as I was doing it, I was like, yeah, I'm going to drink you later on. I'm going to drink all of you. I'm going to take a few shots of you. And then I might mix you in with you. And then I might drink some of that as well. So that was my, <laughs> that was my little uh, my sneaky way of getting to do, having to do jobs before, before I get to sit down again. But anyway, less about that. Jesus, my domestic bliss that I have here is less about that. Um, Patty, Jesus, like, like, talk to me about that, that, that performance. We're go- like, just, we were, we were kind of on the fence, obviously, as most Villa fans were before the game. Yeah. But my God, I, I think that we looked, we looked so assured on, Basically, in everything we did today, and that formation looked rock solid against their star-studded team. Mm. And look, we, we we've played it now against big teams. It's it's been successful, albeit we haven't won all the games. But going out of the cup on Wednesday night is now completely forgotten about for me. And and team selection, what team selection? I couldn't give a shiny shite. We are after beating Manchester United for the first time in twelve years. You know it's hard to put into words how fucking big that is for someone living over here when everyone you bump into today is either Liverpool or Man United, wherever you go. So this, this is an incredible result, but I just hope it's not a flash in the pan. I want us to go and do it week in, week out, and get into those European spots because, what are we, seventh now? I don't know what where we were after. We're didn't watch after any football. West Ham game. Yeah, after West Ham. We didn't watch any West football. Ham. I just said, you know what? I just need to get out and get some fresh air and stuff. So it would pay um, in comparison to what we saw in Old Trafford, Petty. Uh, it was just incredible. It really was. And you know, the game the game had a lot going for it. It was enjoyable to watch. Um, there was some funny decisions, there was some good decisions. Um he didn't have his worst game, Mr. Mr. Oh, what, what were they calling him? Michael Dean. Leon Osman decided to call him Michael Dean today. He obviously had oh, I was great watching. Respect. I was watching a stream that had two Spanish commentators on it from the US. Right. It was, uh, so I yeah. don't know where my stream was from. Somewhere in B in Sports or one of them, and I think it was Leon Osman. They kept calling him Leon anyway. So maybe he was just being respectful to his fe- fellow Merseysider. But uh, hmm. uh, so we beat twelve men, Neil. <laughs> Where it was, yeah, and 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 look, dude, we we did, and I know we're we're harping on about. Sorry, it. sorry, that's that's a bit that's a bit harsh, though, right? Yeah, because we, we beat eleven men because they I, only had ten men on the pitch. Yeah, there was one very very conspicuous. Uh, oh yeah, sure, the best player in the world. Fuck all used to you when you're playing Aston Villa, though, isn't he? <laughs> I think everybody. We're back again. Yeah, I think yeah, I think there was a little bit of an internet mishap there, but uh, they did. Yeah, they only had uh, ten men on the pitch because there was one. There was one person whose uh, absence was very notable on mm. the field. Very, very notable, and it's probably because he came up against the brick shit house. Yeah, and he was in his pocket all day. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic! It really is, Paddy. Paddy, this isn't news to me or you. As I said, I got my dates wrong. So on the Villa View, when I said that the Courtney House uh, fan club was closed, I meant to say from the 30th of, uh, of August. So there's no bandwagon jumpers jumping on now. But I, I said by mistake the 31st of September. So looks like we've extended the opening hours for uh, for the for the for the fan club applications. But my God, look, he he had, he had a serious performance. I think the whole back three had a serious performance today. Ezri Kanza's. Oh God, Ezri Kanza's balance when he's chasing people down is just fantastic. There's, there's, uh, there was one where 
um, where Mason Greenwood, uh, and I know I, I was talking about housing, I'm just going to talk about concept, but it's just, it's just after <laughs> jumping into my mind. Mason Greenwood picked the ball up on the right-hand side of, of the field and he, he dummied to take a shot and then he went across the goals. And Kanza not only not only kind of jinked to the left when he dummied, but also then jinked back to the right, got his feet sorted, cut across house, who, who kind of backed back then to get, get another block in if there was going to be another shot. And then Mason Greenwood then uh, fainted for a shot again. Kanza did the exact same thing, shimmied both sides and stayed on his feet. His balance is unbelievable. And Courtney House, Incredible. I must say, Courtney House has found an extra yard or two of pace. And I think... I, I think to be fair to him, you know, he's been injured quite a lot over the last 12 or 18 months. You know, he was he was absent for, there was like a four or five month period there where we just kind of half forgot about him. Or, you know, he wasn't anywhere near the near the team because he was injured. But he looks yeah. like he's a solid individual now and there's no injury, injury um, injuries lingering over him. He's back up to foot, excuse me, full fitness. And he's got a yard of pace back because he... He ran down uh, Mason Greenwood as well uh, at another instance in the second half. And, you know, I must say that battery is rock solid and they're all leaders and all top class individuals. So I'm um, super proud of them. Super proud. Don't, don't forget there was a, a period when he joined force where I probably even made the statement, I don't want to see Courtney House anywhere near this team because he was as shaky as fuck when he started. I left back though. Yeah, but yeah. the guy is incredible. Absolutely incredible. It's a joy yeah. to watch today. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's get to a couple of comments before we go on to we go on and we take uh, uh, any more or we start talking anymore because if we start talking, we won't get to any of them. Sean Green says, hi, lads. Absolutely proud of the team and the coaching staff. We're bossing it. And just to mention again, I did call it la last night. One nil house from a corner. Check the comments. You know what? <laughs> we might just have to. We might just have to do that. But fair play. We'll actually. Do you know what? We won't. We'll, we'll take your word for it, Sean. We'll take your word for it. But fair play. Um. Neil, imagine, imagine with our bet earlier. Imagine, we yeah, there's, there's a lot of people in the comments here mentioning that too. Oh man, <laughs> Seb says Dougie and House need uh, need new deals ASAP or we riot. Yeah, and Douglas Louise is somebody I want to talk about as well because uh, there's two aspects of his game I think that we didn't see, we haven't seen since he joined the club that have just become really prevalent since the international break. I definitely want to talk about it. And Wepif. Says up the villa if only need a better and house to score and win one nil. Yeah, yeah, we'd be we'd be wealthy men. Our, our Aston Villa Foundation would be would be yeah. probably fifteen hundred euros better off. I think. That's what well, I was only brave enough to put a euro on, mainly because that's all I had in my account. So I, w I would have been three hundred and five euro up on uh, yeah. on what I started the day with, which would have been nice. Yeah. Would have been exactly Rob Henry says fully deserved win. We were the better team. I would say every one of our players outperformed every one of theirs. I think that's probably a fair cop. Maybe, maybe apart, and I know he missed the penalty, but Bruno Fernandez I thought was really good for them today. And uh, probably he he's probably better than one of our midfielders somewhere in there. But uh, yeah, look, I, I completely agree with the sentiment. We we came with a full team performance, they came with a performance of individuals, I think, today. And I think that was that, that was quite apparent at, at times. Neil, you mentioned Bruno Fernandez there, right? Right. Just, just picture him in your head now. What's the first word that comes to your mind? Penalty. Mine is prick. He's an absolute <laughs> prick. And you know what? We need a few pricks in our team too. We need that guy that's in front of the referee, whinging and moaning and bitching. We don't do enough of it every time. I don't know where he must. He must make up all his mileage throughout the game on running after the referee after a decision's been made. He just always appears there. No matter where on the pitch there's something given, he's there. 
And how glorious was it to see Emmy getting his head? I thought it was absolutely majestic today. Yeah, and we'll talk about that in a moment because yeah. I think that deserves its own its own little piece. Uh, Tom, good to see you again. Great, great stuff buzzing up the villa. Yeah, Mike Dean was you 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 weren't wrong. Mike Dean was practicing. He's pointing to the spot for sure, and uh, he got to yeah, use it yeah. just before the game was finished. Um, Ryan says definitely worth getting up at seven a.m. to watch this. You know what? Absolutely, I'd I, I'd love if it was seven a.m. That would mean I'd still have all the rest of the day to go drinking. Um, but it's it's, uh, it's nearly seven p.m. now, uh, so that's. Uh... I would definitely be in bed by now if it was seven a.m. Exactly. Yeah, think of the positives, Ryan. There's more positives in, in, in this than you think. Um, Seb Blackmore uh, says Mike Dean came up short today. Penanda is no longer. Yeah, look, as I say, there's there's a lot of people. I think Southgate said he would have put his or is either Southgate or it was. Um, Solskjaer said they would have put a mortgage on, uh, and I think it was so okay for some reason. Said they would have put a mortgage on Bruno Fernandez to score, uh, but it wasn't to be, it wasn't to be. Mm. Um, Soupy Mark, I'm going to get to your comment in a moment because we're going to discuss that in a second. But uh, Simon says, Was it 305 to 1 odds for 1 nil and Kanza or House? Unfortunately, it was Kanza. I think it was both. I think it was, I think they were both the same, yeah, about 50 but, to 1 just to score, but we did Kanza. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. Con- did you do yeah. it? You did. Yeah, I did Kanza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put yeah. five on Kanza. Yeah, there you yeah. Go. Um, this is this. Yeah, we we will come back to this again. If we win, it's always excuses in the other team. But the tide is turning, and people, pundits, etc., will start to give us give us the credit the players deserve. I hope so. I hope so. I I don't see it. I don't see it turning. No, I'm looking forward to match of the day because I'm, I am. You know, but I watched I watched Alan Shearer the first match of the season say, "Oh, Aston Villa, they'll be all right." And I went, you fucking prick. Of course we'll be fucking all right. We'll be better than all right. We'll be no, top half on the fucking table. Anyway, I ju- it just annoyed the shit out of me, you know. D- don't worry about asking will they'll be all right. Yeah. Fucking right we will. <laughs> Seeker says, uh, really pissed off when players are left out of the Chelsea game, but this more than made up for a super performance. Well done, Dino and the lads. Uh, and and actually, I'm, I'm before I get into other, any other comments, I'm going to say this, that, you know, in a way... In a way, and I know a win on Wednesday would have been obviously way better. But in a way, we've probably galvanized this team and gotten a gotten a lot of a lot of good sentiment towards this team uh, by having a lucky lo- an unlucky loss against Chelsea with our with our second squad, and then going out against United with our first squad and winning because it shows that our second squad can compete with the best with one of the best teams in the league, and our first squad can beat one of the best teams in the league. So. In a, in a kind of a, from a psychological point of view, and I know that Dean Smith is is uh, and, and his backroom team they do quite a lot of sports psychology, which is something that's actually a new task in Villa. Uh, would you believe? And I, I think it's absolutely mental that they haven't been doing this before. Uh, that sports psychology hasn't come into it, and I know there is a small bit of sports psychology, and that they do they do heavily uh, lean upon that. But from that point of view, the the players like Sanson, like the Camba, like. Um, like like who else is there? Like like Courtney House, uh, Jed Steer, uh, Cameron Archer. Cameron Archer got minutes again today. Got minutes again today on the back of scoring that header against Chelsea. So the the net positive from this is those players that played on Wednesday night know they can mix it with the best, and then our first team went out there and they know they can beat the best because they did it. They did it to teams last year, and now they're they're after beating a team they didn't beat last year. So you could call that progression in a sense. You could call that progression for many goals that this team would have set itself. So excellent stuff. I really, 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 um, really, really love this win, and I love the, I love 
the context behind this win, I suppose, as well. Um, <laughs> and says, 10, 12 years I've waited <laughs> to have the upper hand in this house. Up there with beating Tip and Harden. So for anybody who knows, uh, Limerick Harden and Tip Harden don't really get on. They're like the United and, the, and Villa, let's just say. So yes, exactly. I completely agree with your sentiment there and too with that one as well. Um, uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. <laughs> Tell boy, we all knew we were playing early today, but we started. We started thought it was good. It was good to drink last night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, do you know what? This just means you got to have the hair of the dog today, and uh, now you've an excuse. I just got off. The, I just got off the phone to Del Boy before we came on yeah. air, so the two of us were having a little buzzing session before before we started here. Good so stuff. he's heading yeah. off to Spain tomorrow. So always lovely holiday. Yeah, exactly. Um. A couple of the couple of couple of couple of couple of couple of, couple of, couple of, couple of, couple of guys. What I'm going to do is I'm going to come. Oh no, I want there's only about four or five left. Uh, Alan Horn says uh, result was fantastic, but performance is even better. We all played United. Um, this is an interesting question. I think this is probably where we'll start to get back into it now. Uh, but does House keep Tu and Zabi out of the team next week, Paddy? Do you think? Um, probably not. Probably not in the fact that we've got two left footed. Centre half today, I think that might play on his mind a little bit. But who are we to second guess? That King Dino, he can do as he pleases, as far as that's I'm an concerned. interesting thing you've said there, Paddy. Why would having two left footed centre halves as opposed to having two right footed centre halves make a difference when one of them plays in the centre? Is it just the fact that, oh, yeah. it, you know, just, <clears> just the fact of players probably naturally thinking the ball is going to be played by a right-footed player? And is it more the delivery and, and the distribution from the centre-halves? I always look at left-footed players as um, shielding the ball the same way. So And and, and, the, and right right-footed players, because I'm left-footed, I can say this, right-footed right players tend to lead off both foot, whereas left-footed players predominantly lead off their left foot. So their back foot is their left foot every time when they're starting. So this it makes it it makes them a little bit more predictable at the start from, from a defensive point of view. And I remember when I was playing a, a good coach having a word with me about it and, and changing how it mix up how you you, you turn to face or, or whatever. And because of that, there's there's a lot of in the mindset of a coach to say two left footed centre halves is probably a bad idea. So two out of three mightn't be too bad, but if it was two, if it was two out of two, it might be a little bit different. But I, I believe that might play on his mind a little bit. I, I, I think it would be very rare to see two left-footed centre halves. That's that's super insight because I suppose realistic, you know, you think because the majority of people would be right-footed that if you had a left-footed player naturally players' brains would go, right, i got to close down his right foot. Next thing all of a sudden you're going, oh, where the hell's he gone? He's left-footed, mm. you know? And 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 you probably, I suppose, you see that further up the field. But defending yeah. is different. And that's why I asked the question specifically because, and that's a really interesting thing you said because obviously if someone's bearing down on a defender, maybe the first thing to do is obviously shield the ball first and then get and then get the ball away. And that, that's a really interesting point. Mm. Never would have thought of that and in a million years. In, in, in lower leagues, you'll see, you'll see an awful lot of... Um, if there was a really attacking left left winger, that they would put a left footed right back out there. You wouldn't really see it at the upper echelons of the game, but in it, it, you know, it it it's the psychology of it. I learned a lot about it when I was doing my coaching badges, and it is something you see if you went down to maybe non-league or League of Ireland or something like that. It does happen mm -hmm. a lot. 
interesting interesting once again mm-hmm. Paddy let's talk about the performance and we'll get back to some of the comments here and the reason being is some of the comments are going on to some other talking points maybe after the game and so on and we'll get to that uh, it's impossible to stay chronological with this one because I'm too excited but uh, <laughs> we I don't stay chronological anyway Neil do we? no no I never do but Paddy perception is reality isn't that what they say <laughs> uh, and probably perception is reality with an awful lot of what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said and we'll get on to that in a moment as well but talk to me Paddy about uh, about the overall performance I suppose you know we go if we go from back to front there Emmy Martinez Emmy Martinez is an absolute boss man you know yeah. that's all I describe him as he's like he he really does feel like the daddy of this team for some strange reason he feels like he's he feels like he's he's like he's the guardian and obviously he's guarding the goals but like he feels like he's the guardian of all this, of of everybody on the team, and he's keeping everyone in the straight and narrow. And I just love him. And then when he has these outbursts every so often, um, you know, it it just makes it all the sweeter because it just shows how yeah. much the game means to him. Mm-hmm. But talk talk to me about about Martinez. How do you think he went on today? Well, he didn't have he didn't have a whole pile to do. Uh, he had a couple of shots fizzed at him, handled them very well. There was one in particular in the first half. I'm going to say it was, um. That he battered away very early on, maybe 20 minutes in. I, I actually made notes today, but the notes are down in the sitting room. So that was good counting out of me. I think they I think they go out the go out the window when, <laughs> when we have a performance like that. Um there was de- there was definitely a, a, oh, gee, I think it was Greenwood shot across him and he yes. made a great save. Yeah. Um and look, he bosses the game, he organizes the defense so well. They look they look so more comfortable with him and behind him. He's just—he's just a joy to watch. You just—you just feel, even as a fan, so much more comfortable when he's there. He's just unbelievable talent. Mm, we'll get to the—we'll get to the penalty later on. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Because the shit history that went on around the penalty pre and post was just—and it shows shows that we went there. We talked about not being intimidated, and we, we'll mm. get to that in a moment as well. Let's talk. I—I I spoke about the back three. I—I I jumped the jumped the gun. I spoke about yeah. the back three. Let's talk about the two wing backs because um, I think one had a much better game than the other, but I didn't think the other was poor. If that makes sense. So no, I, th- I thought I, th- I think I think Cash was absolutely outstanding. That's yeah. Matty Cash is Matty Cash is a right-footed version of of Andy Robertson, and we're watching it unfold between in front of our eyes. He is everywhere. I think he's fantastic. Uh, yeah. I thought I thought Target was good. I thought he was all right, but but like just M- Matty Cash is is levels. Um, oh, he's up there with the best right backs, I think, in the Premier League at the moment. And this, it's funny because we would have said last year, Matty Target was up there with the best left backs, in the league <laughs> absolutely. Last year as well. yeah. it's just but Matt, Matty, Matty Target had a lot more protection last year yes. in that nobody was bombing down his side because they knew they were going to leave Jack exposed. Yeah, but let's give credit where it's due. I text you during the gap during the game and said to you, How long will it be before Matty yeah. Cash is linked with a top four, top six team? It's going to be in the next window. And as far as I'm concerned, he should be giving them the two fingers because we've given him the platform to go and do what he's done. And he was absolutely, he, he's been absolutely brilliant this season, all season. Um, Target hasn't been at his complete best, but absolutely fine with me today. Uh, Wan-Bissaka unusually had a, had a couple of goals off him, so he must have felt he was a weak link, but he, he it just nothing came off for him down that side. So uh, no problem with either. Um, target was quieter, obviously, of the two, and, may, and maybe that is the tendency that when you got three at the back to let one of the full backs do the majority of the tacking, yes. So, 
it seems to be Mac. It seems to be Mac Cash. The last few games has been allowed to bomb on, and Target just took in nice and neat to fill to to make it a four on the break, which is technically what happened. It's very rare you see the two of them in the final third. Mm. Um, apart from the ball that went across the box and my target and look he's probably the last fella you wanted to see arrive at the back post like that to, to finish off and it like it, it was harder than it seemed because if he'd have just tapped it in it would have been blocked because the guy got across in front of him so he hit it as best as you could you needed to get under it to lift it over the leg that was in front of him so and I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not calling him out on that either yeah. Happens like it happens better players than Matt Target. You know, I think it was mm-hmm. it flashed across the defender stuck a leg out and it literally misses the defender by a hair's breadth and then it comes yeah. to him like it almost comes to him quickly in that instance because he was so so um close to the defender. But uh no fair play to Matt Target either. Matt Target was good today, as I say. I I do think though that as he's as you said, and you made a great, great point there, they had a go at him today, just like teams had a go at Ashley Young the last day, um yeah. as well. And and he was kind of he was I, I think I, I think he was blown by the end of it, you know, as in, you know, which is no no fault to him. You know, yeah. maybe the fitness levels do need to come up a small bit with Matt Target, but he oh, I think he's fine. Happy. I think, I think fine, he's fine, yeah, but, yeah. but I, I think, think it's fitter last year is kind of what I'm saying. I think there's the a throwback to last year once Leon Bailey's in front of him because he he point. he he will give him acres of space to, to work into and give him and take so much pressure off. This is the ghost after turning on my other computer here beside me. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Bloody, bloody North Koreans are after hacking into my other computer again. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, look, and, and and you said there about Leon Bailey as well. I have no idea where the hell Leon Bailey plays in the five, five but um, anyway, that's a conversation for another day. Actually, it's not, because did anybody see Leon Bailey's Instagram today <laughs> to see him celebrate the goal? Oh, it was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> I, he was watching it as the goal went in, and then he started doing a kind of a, a mock kind of English accent. He was like, all right, mate. Like that. It was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. But he looked like he was having the time of his life. I just wonder why he wasn't in, oh, well, he wasn't in the stadium because it, because it was a, an away game. But um, great to see him really enthusiastic. And he was yeah. up and he was dancing around his sitting room. Uh, but just like the rest of us, the Bailey was watching it on a laptop as well. So... Uh, <laughs> Doesn't I didn't matter. even know that. Yeah, doesn't matter about how much cash you have. You sometimes you still got to get down and dirty and got to trawl through the internet for a stream. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's move on to the three midfield, Paddy, because I think that this was an absolute jewel in the crown today. The way yeah. the way the three midfield played, um, and I thought they were selfless today. Mm. But talk to me about the three and how you think they played. Well, I'm going to start at the top of the tree, and I'm, I'm going to go for uh, JJ. I, I thought it was one of his quieter games. Mm-hmm. I thought the game bypassed him an awful lot. and I, I remarked to Stephen after about an hour, uh, this game is passing him by. Um, hadn't seen much of him. He kind of kind of Ronaldo-esque. Didn't see much of him. But uh, it was it, it was no sooner out of my mouth, and he started to get involved in everything. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he was picking up the ball. He was coming a bit deeper, looking for it and stuff. He was working hard. Like... We know we know what we're going to get with him. It's just going to take a bit of time, and he's got he's going to be a world beater. I've absolutely no doubt in my mind. He's just doing everything the right way. It's just going to take a little bit of time for him to, to find his feet and do it consistently. But luckily, the two guys in behind him, just magic, just magic. John McGinn is just outrageously good this season, and he had his little period where he got pissed off at Mike Dean and went a bit ape shit. For me. 
kind of yeah. needs to eradicate that from the game. You it, said really it tricks. He just took out his his ire on the wrong person and the wrong people. You should take that out. Like, and, that's and, not and, that's and, not the way we need to take it. Like by all means, mm. go and fucking buckle Fernandez if you want. But he didn't exactly buckle him. He just no. kind of, you know. But that was out of frustration at a, an absolutely ridiculous decision by the most ridiculous yeah. referee we've ever been given. Um, he was right in line. Pulled the arm. If he was in, yeah, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> he's any closer to the goal, that's a red card. And oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, that fucking idiot didn't even see it. Yeah. He's fucking useless. So he basically said, sorry, John, you were faking. You yeah. were never going to get to that ball. Yet he'd taken it around Maguire. Yeah. You know, it, was, yeah. it wasn't even a question as to who was going to get the next ball. There was no covering defender or anything. It was John McGinn's ball. All day long, like literally. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not and, saying, and, I'm, and I want to bring up. I, I, I can't wait to do the tactics because I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it again tomorrow. I'm gonna to do the. We, we will be having a tactics talk again, more based on on, on how the team set up more than our our visceral kind of emotions today is what we're getting you through today, <laughs> and, and our memories through the through the, the the trouble and strife and ecstasy of that game. But um, like it was it was like there was no way there was no way there was another player winning that there was no one within. 15 yards to jump again, other than Maguire yeah, who like, pulled him back. And that's why he pulled him back. He le- he leaves it to VAR. Like, yeah. re- VAR are not going to give a fucking red card on the halfway line for Man United defending. No, and, and they're not going to give a free. They're not just going to give a free. Well, they can't give a free. Un- unless you, yeah, unless United go up and score yeah. the other end. And the only way yeah. they give, a, the only reason they give a free there is because it affected the goal the other end. Mm. So, so it's not going to happen. So, and and I guarantee you, if there had been a goal scored the other end and they were giving us a free, it wouldn't have been a yellow card either because they're clowns. When they're absolute yeah. clowns, these guys who are who are put in charge of games. They're afraid of their fucking lives. We <laughs> see it week in, week out. And you know what? We fucking beat them today. Sorry, Paddy's in mid season form already. I love I'm it. I'm really, love really it. sorry if everybody is in their living room with their kids because <laughs> I couldn't really be coursing. It's, be, it's before uh, the water. Take it to a match, they'll hear worse. Take it to I'll a match. Go, I'll, I'll, just, uh, I'll just do this and. Uh, yeah, that's Relax it. That, that, that makes up for everything. <laughs> that makes up for everything. Uh, Sean Mead, I flashed on up there from Sean Mead a moment ago. John McGinn's energy levels today were amazing. He led the pressing charge so Correct. well. And, yeah. and and that's down to, guys, I know for a fact that Sean, uh, Sean McGinn, yeah, well, we can call him Sean McGinn if we want, but John McGinn um, <laughs> and Conor Horan, after the Euros, Conor Horan met up with John McGinn abroad when he mm. was in isolation type situation and they trained like maniacs together. I know the two of them did. And um, like literally that was four days after Scotland were knocked out. So I think he, yeah. he I think he just gave him the bear two or three days and gave himself that. And he went back training for Aston Villa. Um, John McGinn is a, is, is a treasure. We need to wrap our arms around him. We need to hug him. We need to love him. We need to make sure that he feels loved because John McGinn is an absolute treasure for this football team. And he was when we when we were in the championship. He was in the first year we were here. He was in the second year we were here. Last mm. year he was played in umpteen different positions. And I've used that word because I couldn't even begin to decide how many positions he was played in, how many different areas of the field he was played in. And it was unfair yeah. in him how many times his, his, his tactics and his positions were changed because he was the only one that was able to get around the field with Ross Barkley in there. Mm. Um, 
not that not that Dean Smith did dirty on him or anything like that, but we just had a passenger on Ross Barkley, and this year we're seeing the beauty of him in a midfield three when he doesn't have to cover four quadrants of a midfield area. Yeah. Fair play to John McGinn. I thought he was outstanding, and I, I thought he was the said, best man on the field today. Head and shoulders above everyone. I agree with you totally, but just eradicate that from the game. Take your lawyer out on the referee if he's a prick. Yeah. Tell him yeah. what he is. Get in his face. Tell him what he is. Tell him he's a dickhead. Do whatever you got to do. But don't go flying into tackles and picking up silly yellow cards because he did it. He did it against Southampton and picked up a nasty injury last year in exactly the same situation. Yeah. No. Uh, yes, exactly. But then again, if he gets a yellow card for calling the referee a prick, then that's a silly yellow card as well. No, so, that's a great yellow card. <laughs> I knew said, you were going to say that. He's there going, Paddy said that. you're a prick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he said. I he's saying it for I us. With him. I don't agree with that Irish guy in the internet, but he said that you're an absolute. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move on so towards two strikers, Paddy, because to be honest with you, we've got two strikers that haven't scored in the last three games, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. But who cares? Don't care. Don't care in the slightest. The reason I don't care is because we're winning matches. If we're not winning matches yeah. and we're not scoring goals, then I care. What I do care about and what annoyed me mo- more today was the amount of offsides Ollie Watkins was caught. And I think that's a reflection of how high he's playing up the pitch with having that, having Danny Ings with him. And that's something we need to work on. We just need to drop him that little bit deeper and, and work on his runs because it's like... It's not acceptable to be going out and being off. It must have been five or six, seven times that he was offside, and it was grinding at me a little yeah. bit early on in the game. So that's then, something that, like that was early in the game. I, like, I, am I right in saying I don't remember too many offsides that he had later in the game? I think later in the game. They oh, he had an off, He was offside when 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 Ings was fouled in the penalty area, and it was a, it was a stonewall penalty, but they didn't give the penalty because Ali Watkins was offside. He was offside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was mostly early in the game, and I think the reason he wasn't offside later in the game is that Manu were defending very, yeah. uh, very a low, deeper. Uh, very deep, I should say. Yeah, and and I think that gave him a little bit of an opportunity to, to make the runs a bit better. But look, he's got if if we're adapting the game to get him into a strike force of two people, mm. he's going to need to adapt to that as, as himself. So, um, that's just a small thing. I'm not having a go at him. I love Ollie Watkins. I love Danny Ings. The work rate is phenomenal. Goals goals will come for guys that worked that hard, and they did for Ollie Watkins last season. If Ollie Watkins, if Ollie Watkins only scores eight, nine, ten goals, and and Ings does the same, but the goals are coming from elsewhere. We we've been through this many times in the podcast last year. People were losing their shit that Ollie Watkins didn't score goals. I don't care. They're coming from other angles. They only come for other angles when these guys are occupying the guys up front to make exactly. the space. So forget about that. Let, let them play their game. The goals will come. Danny Ings has scored two. Absolutely fine. That's not a bad return for a new player adopting to a new it, system. And, and you're right. And, and and it was mentioned in the commentary I was watching, and I'd actually just text, uh, was it, I, I text somebody anyway. I don't know whether it was you or whether it was Dan Bardell, but I said, guys, we're, we're pressing. Like from where we came into the Premier League in the in well, it was three years ago now. We defended literally on our eighteen yard box. We invited pressure. We blocked shots. We were we were really hoping our goalkeeper was going to dig us out, and we didn't yeah. have Emmy Martinez at the time. We had a mixture of Rain and Nyland and Jed Steer. Um, last year we defended a bit more resolutely, small bit more, small bit further up the field. But that was on. But then once we we scored a goal, we retreated back to our penalty area again uh, to the safety of familiarity. This year, 
We're, most, we're pressing 25, 30 yards further up the field. We're pressing people. The press that Danny Ings and, uh, and Ollie Watkins did in, this, in the first half was, it was actually like, it was criminal stuff what they were doing to, like the pressure they were putting the, the, the United players under. And yeah, they didn't get any goals. But I think, I think the offsides are coming from that, that they're told stand on center halves now. Do yeah. not stand off them. Do not let them play around. I don't think Maguire liked it today. He was a big loss when he went off because Lindelof was absolutely at sea when he came on. But I think I don't think they liked it. Uh, Varane was pretty quiet. He didn't. Do, he got a header uh, at one stage in an attacking sense. But I think we played their two center halves out of the game for 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 periods. And yep. um, we basically like we you know we ran them or ran, ran them around the field, but. Uh, you mentioned as well in the last podcast, I think we did, or, or sorry, last review podcast we did about Danny Ings and uh, Robbie Keane post 30, you know, the way that they that they were probably, that they were very similar. And today was a real good example of Danny, uh, but the, the Everton game was as well, but today was another good example of the link-up play that Robbie Keane used to do specifically for Ireland because he felt he had to drop back, win the ball, and then try and get on it at the other end. Danny Ings did a good bit of that today as well, and he's such a selfless player. And, uh, you know, uh, as you say, the goals will come for them. Um, I think they'll come in fits and spurts, but who cares as long as we're scoring goals and we're winning at the end of the day, you know. And yeah. if, we're, if, we, if we win every game 1-0 one, one from here on out and we score from corners and we do a Sean Dyche in it, happy days. Get into Nobody Europe cares. that way. Nobody Figure cares. it out afterwards. Figure yeah. it out afterwards. Uh, let's talk about the goal, Paddy. Jeez, we're 37 minutes into the game and we're actually only going to analyse <laughs> the goal now. Yeah, I told you it's not chronological, but um, I suppose realistically my thoughts on the goal were uh, Man United didn't do their homework because it was exactly the same corner kick routine, except they had an they had a man further out than they did the last time. They essentially took they took uh, John McGinn out of the way of where he was last time, and they put him, I think, in front of of uh, where House got the got the header. Um, but all it was was they changed the man running for the, running for the header, and yeah. it was Courtney House, and he ran into that that spot. And what I wanted to get to earlier on, because I mentioned Douglas Louise, Douglas Louise's corners are bloody excellent. Like, where did that come yeah. from? Well, <laughs> <laughs> sure, look, he's, he's a footballer, you know. He's, he's, he should be but able yeah, to be a footballer and his corners were shite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But look, th that's why we've got a set-piece coach in there now. He's deciding yes. who's taking these. Yeah. Um, and and he's very hands-on. Very, very hands-on. <laughs> um, you know, myself and Dale were talking about it on the, on the phone there before we come on. Every time, every time the... the camera goes to Dean Smith, it's like he's the assistant manager up there in his ear mm. because more often than not when it goes to the manager, it's because something they anticipate is going to happen or has just happened. So be that a set piece or a corner or whatever. So Austin McPhee is up in his ear, you know, or he's, you know, telling them what's going to happen, you know, what they've worked on or what the code is or whatever. And, uh, you know, Danny Murphy uh, slagged off the fact that we had a set piece coast, and I just love to just meet him in the street and go, "What do you think of our set piece coach now, Mister Murphy? You sour faced, yeah, mm. old yeah. himself, yeah, 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 yeah." yeah. What if he had no. some going to gripe against us? But look, yeah, he's it's, it's he's brilliant. Just, he's looking for an extras role, and he senders is all Danny Danny Murphy's looking for trying to be a hard man on the radio. Uh, yeah. Do you know what? Get himself and Gabby Agbolo are into the studio next Monday morning and talk about. <laughs> 
I might tune into Talksport and listen to that because I'd say Gabby would give him ninety bags of it back. You know, so it's a, uh, it's. But you're you're dead right, Paddy. You're dead right, Paddy. Look, Austin McPhee, and, and I said this probably three weeks ago. It doesn't matter whether we're good at set pieces as long as everyone keeps saying we're good at set pieces. That's the thing. That's the thing. It's. I know. It's we like, have to be good at them too. Well, it's put it this way: it's a bonus if you're good at them. But it's it's like uh, what is it? Kaiser Soze. It's like it's like that. That without, without, I won't even name the film just so that I don't give any spoilers. People haven't seen it. But it's like Kaiser Soze. He said the best trick the devil ever, devil ever played was convincing us he didn't exist. And the best thing you could play in a football field is convincing someone that you're absolutely brilliant at set pieces. Now. I suppose, look, it's a double-edged sword because the way you will convince them is by scoring goals from them. Yeah. But we could go through a fallow patch where we don't score set pieces because it really is a lottery. Uh, it, it's it's not a lottery as such, but it's there's a, there's, there's a lot of timing involved, that's what I mean, with a set piece. So mm. we will go through a vast amount of the season where we won't score. Of course. Hell, Paddy, I, I what was it last year? I said I'll sing a song if we score a goal from a corner. We've scored... We've scored like uh, <laughs> we scored one today. And, and scored a few from set pieces anyway. There was one today. Two. We scored two from a corner already this season. I think we've scored but two from a corner. I'm already, sure they yeah. don't want to hear you singing every week, Neil. But uh, well, you know, I, I don't we, know. I, we I, might have one for you by the end of the season. We, we, if I, if I, something I, isn't working, we might. Uh, well, we might my agent was inundated with uh, with record deals that uh, after that I'm reliably informed. But uh, no, I could never do it. I could never do the touring. I could never do the tour. Yeah. I take up too much space, and one of those tour buses would never suit me. Um, <laughs> I don't. Um, there's something I was going to say before you move on from the set pieces. I, yeah. I don't actually coach anymore. I'm semi-retired. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm not. I'm enjoying life now, and I'm enjoying having my weekends to myself. But I get it. I I subscribed to all the videos and 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 webinars and whatever, and for the odd time we'd go on and have a look. But there was one on during the week, and it was it was about this team in France. They were, I think, a hypothetical team anyway. But they they had a video automation of how they defended free kicks in nineteen twenty, and how they defended free kicks. Or it was they were playing against. Say, example, it's Marseille versus Lyon. Uh, Lyon have suddenly got uh, a set piece coach in there. They become renowned for uh, attacking set pieces. They're scoring from them, and the average amount of extra deepness in the defense is six yards. So, if you are well known for having a good set piece, where they were standing on the edge of the box, they're now standing on the penalty spot defending the yeah. free kick, and that's the difference. So. If we can keep throwing out there that we're the set piece specialists, yeah. that amounts to an awful lot because there's a big difference in getting a touch on the ball twelve yards yeah. out than it is eighteen yards out. So Absolutely. That, that's the one thing I took out of that the other night, and it was it was all about a set piece coach that was working with this team in France, and everybody was defending six yards cheap deeper, and it wasn't he he alluded to it in different countries. There was one team in the championship that he went through as well that had brought in a set piece coach and changed everything for them so that's what we're gaining from having him in there it's that little bit of uncertainty in the defense so they mm. drop a bit deeper in hope that the ball will drop a bit deeper and they can go to attack it rather than it going over their head which is what they expected to happen yeah if that that's makes great. sense no absolutely it really does it really does and that's really interesting really interesting insight in that as well because uh people just uh, 
Like, I know people go, oh, well, what's the point in defending zonally and what's the point in defending man-to-man? And both of them definitely have their merits. I know zonal, like a lot of the older pundits can't understand why you would have zonal marking, but, you know, all you've got to do is watch Rafa Benitez. Most of the people give a note about zonal marking. Sometimes I do, but just because I'm frustrated. But pe- a lot of the people giving out about zonal marking uh, haven't won half the things that uh, Rafa Benitez has. Yeah, and I'm talking about managers yeah. and pundits. So uh, you know, I think, really I think there's a time and a place for it. I, I I completely understand zonal marking a free kick, which is yeah swung, swung in from the wing, say, as opposed to a corner, because I think you're just giving the opposition a little bit extra when you're zonal marking from a corner. Because you know, they, they'll pick and choose which hole they're going to put the ball into, especially if you've got a good set piece delivery. So it's a it's a it's a huge deal for us. And you know, long may it continue that we're making a difference. Mm-hmm. He seems to be freshening it up in every game, which is brilliant. Exactly. Let's talk about the penalty, Paddy, because we're forty-four yep. minutes uh, into this. But um, <laughs> Emmy Martinez seems to give Peno Fernandez next existential crisis before the penalty. Emmy also bullied Ronaldo for his pan Messi, uh, and the reason I wanted it, I saved this, I skipped over it uh, at the start because we talked about Emmy Martinez and the way Emmy Martinez is the father of the group and, and the shithousery that went on around that penalty was brilliant. He went out yeah. and he was saying, why are you taking the penalty? Why don't you take it? Why don't you take it, you coward? Come on, take the penalty. Take the penalty. Yeah. See how good you are. And like, just talk about boss mode. Like exactly. Like he was just, <laughs> take the penalty. He was like, I, I, I'll, I don't I don't want him to take the penalty. He's useless. I'll save his penalty. You take the penalty. I want you. You say you're the best <laughs> in the world. My mate Messi's the best in the world. You say it. You know, it was proper yeah. gangster as what he was. And it, was it was just incredible to watch uh, Ronaldo's face. Or yeah. he just he just staring back at him going, Fuck, yeah. how do I reply to this? Yeah. Because there's yeah. just there's no there's no there's no response to that. You've just got to stand there and take it. But he didn't he didn't walk out of the box. He just stood there as if to say, well, there's a little bit of uncertainty here. Maybe I will take it. And the funny thing was, a couple of Villa players got around got got around the penalty spot at that stage. Fred was in there. Fred was in there pushing people away from the referee, whereas Fred and McTominay were roaring at the referee, pushing people away. And then, of course, Sourball, Solskjaer, comes out and says, oh, they were awful to carry on at the Aston Villa players at the penalty. No, they weren't awful. What they were doing was what Man United have done since year dot. Uh, it, to referees, to every official, at every single contentious decision. Yes, there was probably shades of Martin Keown when he jumped up and removed Van Nistelrooy's face at the very when when Van Nistelrooy missed a penalty at the very last, at the very end of the game against Arsenal. I think it was in the invincible year. But get over it, Solskjaer. Absolutely, genuinely, get over it. We're as much entitled to fight for our right to do whatever we want on that field as long as it's within the laws as anyone else. If you don't like it, you know what you can do? Cry harder. And that's what I said on, 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 online. Just cry harder, yeah. Solskjaer, because you're in trouble. You're under pressure. Your, your, your board have backed you with a bazillion euros. They've backed you with as much money as you ever wanted. They've brought yeah. in the greatest goal scorer. And you know what he did today? He might as well have had both hands down his pants because he did absolutely nothing today. He did absolutely mm-hmm. sweet FA against, against Courtney House. And you're just embarrassed. And that's why you came out with the drivel that you came out with afterwards because you're an embarrassed little man who knows that he's not a very good team manager and he's over his club that loves him. And guess what? You're going to get sacked soon because the, 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 the fans don't even like you. So here yeah. we go, Solskjaer. Keep it for someone else. Stop having goals at Klopp as well before the matches. Stop trying to intimidate referees. You got your penalty. You didn't yeah. score it. You got what you wanted. Guess what? Cry harder. Look inside. Train the team better. And guess what? 
just shut up, essentially, because I can't stand that shite. Give us the credit. We played better than you did, and it's it, majority of it is your fault because that team was incoherent and you had all the talent you could ever need to put out in a football field. So look inside yourself and think about who the problem was here. It certainly wasn't anyone on the field. It was you. Rant and Ronaldo. Over. And Ronaldo. And Ronaldo. <laughs> look, really loads of people sent me that interview today, and I'm going to be completely honest. I wouldn't watch it because <laughs> I I don't want to throw back to the nineties where Fergie came out after every game and intimidated the referee. That's all he wanted to off. do. He went he wanted to make sure Ferguson saw look look Daddy Ferguson, yeah. I'm a big hard boy. I'm able to go yeah. after people after exactly. the game. Yeah, I have a fucking voice. At one stage the camera went uh onto Ferguson and he was on his phone frantically tapping away. Hello, and Antonio I, Conte. Are you ready to come yet? I said to Stephen, what's he doing? I said, probably making a substitution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, look, Solskjaer is under, under pressure. He's fucking useless. He's beyond useless. To be given that amount of talent and lose to West Ham, lose to Young Boys of Bern, lose to Aston Villa, cry me a fucking river, to come out and accuse us of gamesmanship. Talk about the pot calling the fucking kettle black. Yeah. Fucking disgrace. The, the shit that they've done under his watch in the last two years and he's accusing us of gamesmanship. You know what? Emmy Martinez, take a fucking bow. Tonight was absolutely outrageous. And I loved every minute of it. Roaring at Ronaldo. Why are you not taking it? Why are you not taking it? Are you afraid to take it? Brilliant. Absolutely outstanding. My father is going to murder me for all the swearing we've done in this podcast. Don't you know me, don't me. I've done all the swearing. It's, it's, a, it's a one in 12 year, 12 year occurrence that we have here. Uh, and, and I think and my father's not watching. He's too busy celebrating Man City winning the league. Some reason oh, yeah. I think they, they were singing champions after the game today, but look, I suppose they are still champions of champions yeah. uh, of, of of the league. So, um, anyway, let's get back to some comments. I really, if you, <laughs> if you if you didn't notice, I went on a Paddy S grant there, and I really need to get off my chest because I thought that he was entitled. <laughs> I thought he came across entitled. I came, I thought it was embarrassing from him. I thought he came across as dismissive of other teams that we shouldn't be in their way, and. Uh, I just thought it was, I'd actually, I thought it was borderline unprofessional for him. He can talk about these things, all right. He can talk about the offside. Yeah, that's probably a valid thing to talk about. He's fine on that. But to talk about the way the Aston Villa players, the Aston Villa players carried on, that's just yeah, not, that's like he played in the team with Roy Keane. He played in the team with Roy Keane. He wants to tell us that we were out of order. He can go and have, he can go and jump, is what he can do. It reminds, me, the, it reminds me of the time that uh, Ferguson came out. Uh, Fearing for the safety of Robin Van Persie. Remember, he got hit in the face <laughs> with the ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking anyway. hang your head in shame. You've you, you've dictated for so many years. You can fuck off now because you're fucking. <laughs> joking. You've no business at the top tail of the oh. table of football because there's so many better better run teams up there with better managers and better players that aren't a crowd of wingers. <laughs> Fernandez, Pogba, Ronaldo. They don't get their way. All they do is whinge, whinge, whinge. We'll cry me a river, baby, because we got the three points. I feel, I feel like the two of us have really invoked the spirit of Eamon Dunphy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think RT's top brass might be calling us coming, coming to the name of Dunphy on it sometime. Um, <laughs> uh, lads, we're going to have to wrap this up very soon. But before we do that, I'm just going to I'm going to. Um, I'm going to go back to some of the comments there. Paul says that Southgate needs to get cash in the England team before it's too late. No, no. I, I, I'd actually... Go on the England team, go on the England team, you move out of Aston Villa. 
Fuck off. He's bored as well. Get over it. That's exactly what I was going to say too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play for go. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Paul. I didn't, mean, I didn't mean. I, I think he's good enough to play for England. Though I think he's good enough to play for England. Yeah. Um. Well, look, they, they've they've got. A, he's. A, it's a hard one because he's got the likes of Reese James and he's got the likes of Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker's coming probably to the end of it and stuff like that. But uh, then again, Southgate bringing six or seven right backs to the tournament, uh, he might get he might get to go to a tournament as well. You never know. Um, Supermark says if two and seven plays well for us, United will want him back. Houses are only is our player, so maybe he needs to be kept happy. Um, I'm going to say I think um, if I'm not mistaken, two and Zabi only signed a, signed an extra one year extension to his contracts after next year. So I think he'll have two years left in his contract. But I, I look, I, I think the at players hold a lot of cards. At this stage, they know too, and Zabi's a player. Yeah. They just can't yeah. pigeon him, pigeonhole him into a defence which costs the bones of 200 million. So yeah, they're, yeah. Pawning him, they're pawning him out to whoever will have him in the hope that he will come become a player that looks the value of Varane or, or Maguire, which, do you know what? Put two and yeah. in there instead of Maguire any day. I don't rate Maguire at all. I don't yeah. give a shit about him, but I don't rate him at all. Uh, if they take him back, they take him back. There's no, as far as I know, there's no option to buy. Um, with regards to House, <clears throat> I have a feeling the Courtney House is going to look for an, an exit at the end of this season, unless we can guarantee him football. He's probably at the age now where he needs a little bit of football. And who knows? M- maybe it is that back tree that he fits into. But at the moment, I still think two and Zabi is a better option. Well, look, the pro- like, like the profit, like realistically, the club will have done right by him because the club will have given him a platform. If he does move on to another club, I'll be absolutely distraught. But yeah, profit is profit. You know, at the end of the yeah. day, three million turns in might turn into 15, 12 or fifteen. Well, it won't because he'll be out. He'll be out of contract, so he'll go for free unless we sign him up. But uh, yeah, he's out. He's out of contract up, so. at the end of the season, so I, I'd sign him up. I, th- I think I think he does enough for us every time he comes in to warrant them yeah. being signed up. Yeah. It all comes down to whether he wants to or not. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Seb says, great moving for Courtney for the goal. You don't win anything with granddad Skivani. <laughs> 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 I hope that one doesn't yeah. come back to bite us. <laughs> Last time we beat United. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, good to see you, Rod says Man United are in no position to whine about gamemanship. I I I, I think exactly. that came across in my rant there. Um <laughs> I tried to stare, I tried to stare. What's this? What's this? Is this true? I think he changed it. It was offside, was it? It was yeah, it finished three all. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was oh the fourth goodness. goal was offside. Um where are we here now? Where are we here now? Uh, predicted it. So John Crawford predicted a 91st minute penalty for United in last night's podcast. I wish I'd put a bet in it. I wish you did too, as well. Um, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people talking about the rant here as well. Uh, loving the rant. Uh, well said. What a, what, what a, what a rant. <laughs> All it would be in tears here in that, Neil. Um, I don't usually lose my cool and give and give it both parts. I hate conflict. I'm I, like. I hate conflict, but then again, I love. I, I used to love kind of crippling fellas, not crippling them in in literal terms, in in theoretical terms on the field. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people are saying that the rant that that, that rant is good. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, guys, I think we're going to leave it. I think we're going to leave it at that because we're coming up on fifty four minutes. This has been a real nice chat. Uh, we've got a lot of things off our chest. Um, this is kind of one of those things where you take a photograph on a night out and you go, yeah, I might delete that one in the morning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I 
Asher, look, it's nice. It's nice to get a positive reaction. Absolutely. Know, look, look, and 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 it's not it's not often that we go two feet in. Well, it is on Roy Keane, but on and and other teams' players and another teams uh, and referees we do as well and pundits. Actually, it's often. It's very often we go two feet in. No, our, our make people, no apologies yeah. for that, Neil. Um, if somebody needs to be gone in two footed, we'll go in two footed. Exactly. We don't generally do it to our own players. But no, no, no. We'll certainly do it to a fella who we're singing about being at the wheel for so yeah. long in the first half, and he might not be at the wheel for, for much longer. Yeah. And uh, cry me a river, kid, because we'll you're at see. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they don't call him the baby faced assassin for nothing. Uh, there's tracks mm. of tears. Anyway, lads, thanks so much. And ladies, thank you so much for for tuning in. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Look, it's been a great day. Um, there's been a lot of emotion in this today. Twelve years since we beat United, as we say, and hopefully it won't be that long again before we beat them again. Hopefully we do the double over them this year when we bring them back to to Villa oh, Park. I think there, I, I think there'll be a bit of needle in this because I think that I think that, that this game somehow will be built up to be a grudge match the next time they arrive on the Villa Park by the um by Sky or by BT, whoever it is. And you know what? Bring it on. We'll see what happens. We mightn't win. Like it's it's amazing within the Premier League. Uh we might win another game between now and then. We might win 10 games between now and then, but I'm really enjoying following this club this year. It's been it's it's been a roller coaster already and we've only been what what are we seven games, six games into the into the campaign. So uh we'll be back again next weekend um for the Spurs game and hopefully we do win in Spurs as well. Uh, because we do owe them one. Um, will, will I give a little spoiler alert about next weekend, Neil? What? There's no game? The team sheet tantrum. One of us will be standing outside the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Oh, yes. Yes, I forgot <laughs> all about that. I was going, wait a minute, get my dates wrong. There's no game next weekend? <laughs> what? When's the international break? The international break's after the Wolves game. Um, in case you haven't noticed, I do like to second guess myself an awful lot. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, but look, yeah, we'll be back next week and we'll have a live on uh, on location um, Paddy uh, over over the Spurs Stadium, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that. But listen, everybody, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Um, I'm going to go down. I'm going to eat the rest. I'm going to eat my dinner, and I'm going to enjoy a few uh, a few more bottles to to celebrate this for the end of the night. But uh, thanks so much, everybody, for your company for the last fifty seven minutes. Hope it didn't scare the kids uh, too much, <laughs> uh, as I say. And we'll definitely be putting the expli- explicit lyrics uh, uh, title on this one before we put it up. But uh, really appreciate all your company. Thanks for everything you do for the podcast. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Podcast Network.